Welcome. My name is Sarah Jennings. You don't know me yet, but I intend to change that. You need to know me, and I need to know you. Domestic violence, this I understand, better than most. It's not going to be easy by any means, but with your help and feedback, I believe we can create an education platform to put an end to domestic violence. It will not be a quick fix, and it will not be realized within the span of our lives, but our grandchildren will begin to see the turnaround. It's a big idea. I know. Where there is a will, there is a way. And as I share my journey with you, I think you'll find yourself encouraged and inspired to be the ones who didn't just talk about it, but the ones who were about it. I'm 36 years old, almost, white woman from the heartland of America, and I live in a place commonly referred to as Little Dixie. I only recently realized that until now, I have never had a healthy relationship with anyone. My birth and upbringing were such that my mother allowed no boundaries between herself and I. Coupled with rape at 11, which triggered an a regression sorry, of sorts in my mother. Then gang rank or a 48 hour period when the rest of my high school class was preparing to graduate, I was used and discarded and left to pick myself up off the floor. I went home to find that the people didn't just give their drugs away, Sarah. Ultimately, I was isolated, shamed, and disowned, thrown out like trash because I had been raped and was therefore ruined in her eyes. My father is autistic. He is the most intelligent man I've ever met, and yet so much forever a child at heart. Trusting and eager to please. He just wants to make you smile. He doesn't know how to on his own. I was always his right-hand woman, and he was and is the root of my hope. He is always hopeful and believes the best of people, perpetually baffled when they turn out to not be so honest or forthcoming. The only way he felt able to contribute was financially, always giving me exactly what I demanded within reason. He and I were partners in real estate investing. He invested. I've never had money, but I am a hard worker and good with my hands. So it worked out that at the time I walked away to heal, we owned 14 rental properties, all bringing in income. I left with no money or means. Five and a half years later, I was able to return and try to sort out the mess that my father's childlike heart was, has made of our accomplishment. And to complicate matters, he is very sensitive about failure. We're getting there. I can remember being in elementary school. I have a few memories before this one, but not too many. I'm the younger of two daughters. My sister is two and a half years older than me. Our mother ran our household to say the least, and she has always been emotionally unavailable. She has a tendency, when uncomfortable or in public, to speak in a monotone voice, flat and emotionless. It's eerie to those who pick it up, but not everyone does. I must have been in about the second grade. Our mother drove us to school and picked us up every day. She didn't trust the bus driver or the older kids on the bus too dangerous for her precious girls. I was desperately unhappy for some reason. I was starved for attention, you see, and I thought that maybe if I was hurt, like those people on TV that my mom seemed to love so much, then maybe she'd love me too. So I devised a plan. I would fall out of the van on the way to school. She would be driving so she would feel guilty and be nice to me. I went so far as to use black nail polish to try and cover the door ajar lights so she wouldn't know what I was up to. I couldn't have been older than eight. 
I don't know about you, but that breaks my old heart. But the thing is, she had to know. She sat in my classroom every day, all through elementary, as a room parent, teacher's aide, and eventually a para in my son's elementary school. She was and still maintains an ever-watchful eye trained on, upon the activity of me and my boys. My sister and I both excelled academically. Um, largely, I believe, because it was the first place we experienced people feeling emotions. It was rewarding beyond measure. Plus, our mother placed a very high value upon education, education, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't all bad. My sister graduated salutatorian of her class, and I scored high enough on the ACT exam in the seventh grade that I could have been admitted to Duke University. So the fact that I didn't graduate ought to have thrown a flag somewhere, you'd think. But no, I was a bad seed. A spoiled, entitled brat who had no respect for herself or her parents. No one considered that this might be a learned behavior, and that upon a slightly longer look, you would have been, it would have been blatantly obvious. Because I came from a respected family and my mother was so involved with the schools, it was easier for others to overlook the obvious as opposed to challenge her. She wouldn't allow it. No fucking way. Never. What kind of mother did they think she was? As you might imagine, the journey gets more torturous with time until about five years ago. And I was able to break ties with all these defining influences in my life. It meant holding still and quiet while my children were in the care of those who had so hurt me. There was no other way. It meant traumatizing an innocent bystander, or 50, through the process of looking at my trauma. See, my trauma inflicts trauma just in the telling of it. Hard to heal when that is the truth. But I did it anyways. I had faith that there was no other way and that through it all, would be there would be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I won, truly. Without them, I wouldn't be me. And I love them for that, exactly as they are. And I have found a way to have healthy relationships with all of my former abusers. Relationships where they no longer have the opportunity to disrespect my boundaries. I can help. Until I know more about you, it's hard to be more specific. But I find solutions better than anyone I've ever met. Today, I recognize within my spirit a deep smoldering fire, and I'll share my story. But it's intended for anyone who needs it. Victims and the families of victims of sexual assault and early childhood trauma, lives touched by substance abuse, neglect, abandonment, imposter syndrome, depression, personality disorders, fibromyalgia, migraine headaches, and the people who love the people with any of these disorders, and anyone else with a pulse and the ability to learn by one means or another. I hope it opens your eyes to see the truth. I've always tried to contain the fire within me until I couldn't smother its heat anymore. Then I would blow, yell, holler, and flap my arms at the injustice of the world. I was always fighting my righteous anger. Anger, even when understandable, never opens any door to better, to better regardless of my feelings the actions of others made no logical sense to me, and injustice upon injustice, I would feel my grasp on the rage starting to slip. Part of the problem was basically the sum of the problem. I could never let anyone know me. There was no way. If I stayed anyone anywhere very long, then my spots would start to show. That's a saying from my father. When my addiction was perhaps too obvious, 
that I needed to rein it in for appearance sake. Uh, he would let me know it that away by telling me that my spots were showing. See, as long as you can maintain plausible deniability, then you get no fight from him. He would give you anything and everything. He got a little pushback when people started talking loud enough to be heard. My experience proved to me that I get what I want. I think things into reality. I knew how the world worked, and I could work it like a song. Then I met a farmer. A farmer I wanted to love me enough to show my boys how to be men. The path we traveled in the five plus years that we lived together were a lesson for me. Sometimes reiterating lessons learned previously because these truths are hard to accept and the only way I knew then was to show him personally. And it would have been impossible for him to know me without at least some context. I had some idea of how hard it would be to endure again, but this time was the last time I was ever going to explain by example. It was complicated by an oophorectomy at 32 and an emergency surgery to remove the twisted tube and cantaloupe-sized cyst attached to the only ovary I had. I am amazed to think back at how much I had to work through at once, but I did it by asking for it first. I had come to a point where I was questioning everything I believed to be true and finding very little truth and not understanding why. I had some pretty alarming black places in my memories. I can remember things about specific moments right up to and around the black blank blotches in my mind. I had no access to that part of the memory until I was 27 years old. 16 years from one black place and 10 from another large black area. I look back at that time in my life and I don't know what to feel. Hopefully laying it out for you will help me to sort it out myself. I was in Behavioral Health of the Palm Beaches, an inpatient drug and alcohol treatment facility in West Palm Beach, Florida. It was the beginning of July. I had pleaded with my dad to send me somewhere. I'd pay. I would trade him my three-bedroom, two-bathroom house in exchange for treatment somewhere. He could raise the cash. I couldn't. He agreed. I asked him to tell me where to go, and I would get there. He nodded along and then went on to his house. Two days later, he had me come over. It was weird because he had told me to buy clothes the night before. I pull up his long gravel driveway and find a very alarming sight in the yard. My mother, her sisters, my father's mother, my sister, all lined up and waiting for me with an interventionist. No, I'm not kidding. I don't know what it, that cost, but it must have been a lot. I broke down finally. I said, God, I can't take this excruciatingly long process. Stop giving me little pieces. Hit me with it all and let's get it over with. I've always been a fighter and a doer. Don't pull a band-aid off me slowly. Just get that shit over with and we can move on. God answered my prayer. What followed was harder than I can find words to express. If you've walked a similar road, then hello, it's nice to meet you. We are strong, resilient, and brave. There's nothing that comes close to the resiliency of the human spirit. You can become accustomed to anything, but left to your own devices, you will always return to the true form. I was made that way by the programming planted in my subconscious mind while I was raped repeatedly over the course of the several days by several men, all while repeating to my mostly unconscious body, you like this, you fucking whore? That's one highly emotionally charged moment to place a de-affirmation. So if anyone knows about the power to take control of the subconscious mind, it would be a survivor of that who has managed to regain control and reprogram themselves from that steady descent into the pits of hell that I and countless others have endured.
When finished, the truth will be so fucking clear that you will understand how even Ray freaking Charles would have seen this coming. Oh boy. I may have overdone it. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been struggling to make him see why that it wouldn't work on my kids. I'm still not even angry with him. He had to work through it. I did just punch him in the face. Was that necessary? With him and this lesson? I guess so. I've tried every way I know to let him watch and learn, but it was a steep learning curve, and I am not going to have this argument with him again. He will either see my point or he won't. Ultimately, that's up to him. One thing I know for certain is that everything will be all right in the end, and it all comes out in the wash. I knew that he would be pissed. I was a little surprised by the fourth force with which he wanted me to leave. Oh yeah, he boils a long time. I may have crossed the line, but let me just tell the tale. I was reeling with emotion after dropping my son and our puppy back off at their father's. I don't think he meant it when he said for me to go back there. <laughs> I'm not going there right now. He was yelling at me and telling me that my son needed his ass kicked. I was once again triggered and unable to lower my voice from yelling. I was shouting that no, he did not need his ass kicked anymore because that was about like kicking a down dog. He was telling me that, he, that my son needed to learn a lesson in fear. This is about as ridiculous a thought as I can imagine. Even more so now that I think it over tonight. Never once in all the aggression that came from the surprise did I actually feel afraid or intimidated by him. I told him I wasn't scared of him. That all I did was what he would have had me do to my son. And it didn't look like it was going to get me anywhere with him. What lesson did he learn? Did you hear what I was saying? I don't know. I feel relieved and almost hopeful. We all learn best through our own experience. Now he has an idea of what I've been through. <laughs> I think I saw a spark of understanding there. Or maybe he really meant whooping my boy's ass. Are you kidding me? My boy is nearly six feet tall and 200 pounds. An ass whooping from me or him ain't going to have any effect on the boy. He is used to seeing intimidation and degradation. That would be more of the same and would make us no different than them. I will not do that to them. I want to guide and know them, not punish and condemn them. I will not. That's me in a nutshell. When it gets down to it, I don't mind taking action. Sometimes that is what it takes. What motivated me tonight? I needed to make him understand how wrong he was. That I couldn't do what he was suggesting. And, that, and if that's how he felt about it, then I didn't want him to inadvertently make my son struggle harder by not believing in his own ability to be a good human. If that were the case, then I would be a thief. And I'm not. I did the only thing I could think to do to get my point across, a point I have been trying to make for years. We have seen some really scary shit, and we survived by getting tough and never backing down. You cannot intimidate us or beat us into submission. We are tougher than you are mean. You'll have to find another way. Maybe you've seen me as weak and fragile. My God, of course you have, because I've been going through a ton of shit that you don't understand. I was sensitive and struggling as I faced all my demons, but I was facing my demons, not hiding or running from them. You have no idea how resilient I am, how dedicated and devoted to what I believe. I believe that violence gets us nowhere. You kept pushing violence and punishment. I will not consider that approach for my children. You couldn't intimidate or scare me. I've survived way worse than you would ever do. 
I care for you and see so very much potential there if you'd only listen. I know you are capable of listening. In the past, when it's gotten right down to it, you have been able to see my side. You can and will acknowledge when you are wrong to a degree. It isn't easy for you. This may take a long time. It may not happen with me. I could stay, even if he tells me to leave. Why not? He isn't scary, and I got the trump card. I made up my mind to stick with him till the end, marriage or no. I committed to this, and I'm here for the duration. I'm not going to worry about later. All I really got is right now, and I'm tired of repeating myself. You will either hear me or you won't. I don't know. I don't see any other way to make you see. At some point in our lives, we are all given opportunity to fill all the character roles. We learn through experience, either our own or someone else's, or we do not learn and then we are fools. Many get stuck in one role or another and never journey to the next phase. Some of us will. Predator and prey, I keep coming back to this idea. I like it because I know it's the truth. In nature, we can see perfect examples of the natural survival responses exhibited by all mammals. There is debate as to the actual number of fear responses a human is capable of. I can speak personally of four and have witnessed another response that might be exclusive to humans. I live with a third or fourth generation farmer. My father, grandfather, and great-grandfather all farmed the land in Missouri. The same is true of my boyfriend, his father, grandfather, and so on. He plants around 1,500 acres a year in soybeans and corn and harvests them in the fall. He also has a few hundred head of cattle to care for each winter. I love going to spend the day working on the farm. The hard work is exhausting, but in a satisfactory way. In spring, when the planting season is on us, he will work long days, often eating both lunch and dinner in the field where he's planting. This is true when the harvest begins in the fall as well. Many evenings, I will take some dinner over to wherever they are working, and we will eat hurriedly so they can pick or plant as many crops as possible before the night demands a rest until the next day. Basically, if I'm going to see my partner at all during those times, it will have to be in a tractor or a combine. The window of opportunity to be successful at farming is incredibly narrow, and when it's time, then that is all that we focus on. It cannot wait. I don't mind, though. Farm equipment is impressive up close. All those metal parts and working together in unison to perform a complicated and delicate task, but powerful enough to crush cars, uproot trees, and shape the earth. They are complex engineering marvels in every regard. All we have is a moment. A moment to shape the future of someone else. A fleeting opportunity to guide another toward a more fulfilling life. I'm adapting to a new style of parenting, not so new to me, but definitely not the societal norm. Matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen a book about this shit. It's happening everywhere, but the ones who could shed light on it are oftentimes so publicly discredited by the offender that there is little hope of help and rescue is way out of the scope of reality. It's an incredibly fucked up cycle, passed on from the generations before us, where they knew not better. Surely we have evolved to the point to recognize the patterns and not contribute again and again to the degradation of another living soul. The world is bad enough. Bad things will happen. Never has there been a period in history where no crimes were committed. The bad will come. The only thing that matters is how we respond. Life is a challenge, a challenge from infinite intelligence to rise up to your potential or fall under the weight of the climb out of hell. Everyone's challenge will be unique to them based upon their responses and the responses of others to the choice made. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. This is true in all manner of things. For instance, tonight my 
commitment was challenged and what to what I know to be a fact and what someone else struggled to grasp. He got upset and gave me bad advice. Could it be that at least it keeps away the ones who have no love for you? Hmm, that doesn't make any sense. The only thing that matters is how we respond. I will not respond with violence towards my children. If you are going to try to teach someone a lesson, I guarantee you. Well, okay, fine. I guarantee you if you're going to try and teach my son a lesson, <laughs> my son is going to whoop your ass. That ain't the way with him. It's really make or break time. It is what it is. And we shall see. A great big part of me wants to dig in my heels and say, make me, motherfucker. That might be normal to you, but it certainly falls within the area of my expertise. You cannot make another human being do any fucking thing. They have to choose for themselves. He would really have to work out for himself. If I wanted to be a pain in the ass. And I really kind of do. If it's too easy for me to walk away... But wait, he has to make his own decision. Do I walk away while he thinks about it? In a perfect world, yes. And the world is perfect if you trust your own instincts. Like now, for instance. Last night in a stroke of genius fueled by my revelation earlier in the day about tremendously smoldering heat I have in regards to justice, he wouldn't let it go. Sounds really crummy, but it's not like we hadn't done this before. I was so highly emotionalized. I told him I didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't ready to talk about it. And then we talked about it anyways. But not with as much composure as I would have liked. And before you know it, we're back at square one. And he doesn't understand. He doesn't know what it feels like. No amount of showing is ever going to come the absence of any emotion. I, see, I suppose he sees that as control of his emotions. But what it is, it doesn't allow him to have any. No feelings equals no instincts to rely upon. No instinct must rely on logic. I have a killer instinct because I have mastered my emotions by following each one back to its root, seeing the truth hidden inside of it and accepting that about myself. His logic won't work if I stay, and I will not be rushed. I'm too old, and he ain't mean enough to really rush me. I got to have somewhere to go. I deserve at least time to find that. I ain't leaving in a whirlwind. I'm leaving for however it takes for however long it takes him to come to his senses. I love him too much to not to. Christ, I'm exhausted. I'm right and my logic is sound, and the evidence is supported by each perspective. He is logical to say the least, and I watched him feel again last night. Now he has to process those feelings, and he's pissed. I had to. I'm too committed to him to not do everything in my power to help him overcome his limiting beliefs, but I'll never allow my child to be someone else's learning experience. I can be. I will be fine. My children don't need any more of the same. And I will not su knowingly submit them to that experience. Thank you for listening.